0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 32. Okay, guys, today, my guest, his name is David Schramm. He is the husband of Krista Elisha. A lot of you guys know her around here. Uh, He's awesome. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while, so I'm really excited. But let me just introduce him really quick. He is obviously the husband of Chris Elisha. I'm re- I got to read my notes. You know, I got to do it in order. Uh, but he's also a tradesman as well. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that. It's something that's really exciting for me, um, just the concept of that. Uh, he is co-laborers and pastors with Chris Elisha with the Rise Kingdom Ministries, Revival Rooms, and the Speak Life Initiative, which we're also going to talk a little bit about here in this intro too, because it's amazing. It's, it's, it's awesome. So let's welcome our guest today, David Schramm. Hey.
2: What a, hey, hey, man. hey, what's
1: up? Yeah, thanks for being on the show.
2: Hey, it's an awesome, awesome pleasure, man. I'm just humbled to even be asked.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. So, and we've talked a little bit like in between your, you know, like Krista's episodes. And I'm like, this dude, this dude knows what's up, dude. So I pop
2: in every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, okay. Before we get started, I wanted to give you an opportunity because a lot of people don't know who you are. Um yeah. And so I wanted you to give an opportunity to tell a little bit about yourself and give a little bit of your testimony too, because it's really powerful.
2: Okay. Well, obviously you said the biggest thing people would know me by is Krista's my wife. Yeah. Uh, we've been married for I think this year will be our tenth, our tenth nice. year married. Yeah. Um so a little bit about me. Um, so I'm a tradesman. Yes, I do residential construction is my my main my main job. Um so my testimony, man, I grew up in a family that my grandma, she used to call herself a recovering Catholic.
1: Okay. Um,
2: she was a Catholic for most of her life. Yeah. But um, when I was uh, elementary school age, she actually switched to like a non-denominational church. Okay. In the non-denominational church, um, not really forced to go. We were kind of cheesters, kind of not, you know what I mean? So yeah. really didn't have a big... Faith in God, I yeah mean, I wouldn't say I would say I was probably agnostic as a child if okay. looking back on it now sure. um kind of a concept of God, but not really now when I was a teenager um i I kind of started down the road of become i was first i kind of messed around with being an agnostic and then I got into more like Eastern religion stuff like daoism really? and things like that and how old were you when
1: how old were you when that around when that happened
2: um fifth 15. okay. Um, I'm like high, young high freshman, sophomore high school, yeah, older friend of mine introduced me to the Dow and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and then through that same group of people, I got I actually got into like Anton LaVey Satanism. Um,
1: wow. Okay. Yeah, you went all um, the way, <laughs> all the way, and yeah. I actually
2: identified as that until I got saved.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, I would have said Dude. I was an atheist because that's the root of that. The Anton LaVey Satanism is more about like you as a person mm-hmm. than it is about like the idea of a God mm-hmm. or, or, you know, whatever. So I would have yeah. probably identified myself as a Levain Satanist until I got saved. Yeah. Um, wow. and in that process, I actually, I, uh, I was, a i was an addict for oh my gosh, um, almost 10 years. Wow. Um, late high school. I started, I had, I want well, take, let's back it up. When I was younger, I had an arm injury and I became addicted to pain medication. Okay. And then that was what kind of set me down that road. And uh, all through high school, I kind of dipped and dabbled with, with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I got into my adult life, it became more intense and more serious. And by, till by, till the, by the time I was 20, I was full-blown addicted to like opiates Man. and cocaine. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I spent a, a whole long time <laughs> in that hell. Um mm. uh, in and out of rehabs, in and out of jails, in and out of institutions. Mm. Um yeah, but then in 2013, the Lord got a hold of me. And uh he got a hold of her first, actually, but then he got a hold of me.
1: Yeah. So uh, you guys were together at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we actually our, our first year of marriage was spent in a tent and then homeless and then in a rehab. Wow. So the first, that was the first year of our marriage. was a crazy I mean, year. It is. It was great. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Our first anniversary, I was actually in rehab.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: and that was the last rehab. Thank the Lord. And then yeah. uh, it was the first rehab I went to that was Christian. Okay. That was rooted in some kind of spirituality. I had always went to um, secular rehabs and places like that. Yeah. Uh, and this one was the first one I went to that had any root in any kind of faith. Hmm um which totally changed you know changed me i think i had kind of been before i got clean i had kind of been like seeing people you know what i mean that had gotten saved and i watched how their lives had changed mm-hmm. and there were some things like miracles in our life um that i you know that nothing could explain away to me you know my mm-hmm. coincidence and my logic and all my you know god there is no god and you know yeah. there is a god does he's cruel you know that kind of stuff yep i couldn't explain away the things we were seeing in our lives sure um just the moves of god in our lives even pre-salvation for me you know she she was saved but Mm -hmm. yeah it was was intense wow so i went to this christian rehab and that's where i met the lord and i had a really crazy encounter yeah and I, i wasn't even like charismatic or pentecostal or anything yeah i actually got my prayer language at three in the morning in a room full of homeless dudes. No in way my in my sleep.
1: That's amazing.
2: Got woken up. Like I woke myself up like, boo, 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 you know what I mean? Speaking of that, got dudes yelling at me like, shut up.
1: Yeah. Shut up.
2: Yeah. Like It was crazy. It was so crazy.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So what was the difference? So I just see you'd been through a couple of rehabs. What was the difference? I mean, obviously you'd said, like, was it really, was the difference that this one was a Christian rehab and that you were actually, they were encouraging you to pursue a relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Was that
2: I would say that'd be the biggest thing, because I think in, in the secular rehabs, they kind of have this like God of your understanding concept yeah. as yeah, to not exclude that. anyone, which is, it's fine. But it would it's, it was literally like, you know, anything could be your God, as long as it mm-hmm. was more powerful than you, you could have any God you wanted. And I think mm-hmm. it was just, it wasn't as spiritually focused. It was a lot more um, logical and it seems to be more like more punitive and mm-hmm. psychology based than yeah. like faith based. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to this Christian rehab, you know, they were telling me I had an identity and something outside of what I believed I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I believed I was an addict. I believed that I was doomed to repeat the cycles. You know what I mean? I believe right. that, you know, once what I was is what I was. Yeah. And that I had to figure out a way to manage and live my life around it, because mm-hmm. um, that's the that's a part of the secular recovery is that it never, you never are not an addict,
1: right? You, I've
2: you just manage it.
1: Yeah, I've heard that quite a few times. I've had some friends growing up there, you know, uh, and and relatives where it's that's what they say. They're like, "I'm mm-hmm. always this," right? Uh, which is the, completely counter to what the gospel says.
2: Right. It is. So, it is. So, yeah. Um. So I'd say that was the big difference. Mm. Was that was the just the idea that something outside of me loved me, cared about me, and that I had an identity that I could explore. That's amazing that wasn't the identity that I had been living with.
1: Yeah. Well, and I just think like like and this is something I've mentioned on the show many times is just the the necessity for the power like signs and wonders, you know, Mm -hmm. and even yesterday's show with Robbie Dawkins, we talked about the the necessity of signs and wonders even in the Mm -hmm. Middle East you know, it's like, you can sit there and you can reason with people. Apologetics are all well and good. It's not that they're Mm -hmm. bad, but he was saying, even with like Muslims, it's like, you know, he can get a couple of people, you know, Mm given some time, but he said, when you do signs and wonders, people are so hungry for that. And and I, I thought that was such a great illustration that applies Mm -hmm. to the world. It's not just in the middle East, you know, where it's like, you know, sitting there and trying to logic somebody to death, you know, work, you know, it's not like, I mean, there's, People watching, they're like, "Actually, I did logic somebody to death." They, they, they're a Christian now. You know, right. I'm not like, saying say the, my Yeah, logic. but yeah, yeah, but, um, but man, like, so, like, you seeing mm-hmm. signs and wonders around you, and even just seeing the transformation that took place within people, yeah, around you. Mm-hmm. You said made the difference, right? It did. As well,
2: it really did. Yeah, yeah. it made a huge difference. I mean, because up until that point, my faith had not been experiential. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had I had yeah. a pastor for years. He would always say that a man with an argument is always at the mercy of a man with an experience.
1: Oh yeah, that's really good.
2: Um, and I had well, I had a lot of ex- of arguments, but I had never really had anything that was like experiential. Mm-hmm. And the things that were happening in our lives at the time, I could not. They like said I couldn't just like explain it away, no. like as some some coincidence or some oh you know just serendipitous right thing that just happened you know i started to think Mm -hmm. like maybe there is someone or something out there looking after me yeah you know beckoning me and like i said i've been in the church so it wasn't like i didn't know anything about god or jesus um i just was really averse to the idea of it
1: yeah so now your family you said you grew up kind of agnostic and your mom was a recovering or your grandma i'm sorry was a was a recovering catholic Mm -hmm. like what was your your parents relationship with the lord like
2: um i would i would venture to say my mom's didn't exist um and i have my my stepfather so my five parents are divorced Mm -hmm. um i have a stepfather who had a very very traumatic relationship with the church okay um just a really messy situation Mm -hmm. and then my 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 biological father my dad was raised catholic but was pretty much like agnostic by the time he was an adult Like as most Catholic kids tend to be more worldly, you know, that kind of idea. And my my stepmother, she was very like, like what I was. She was very like open to all of it, you know, kind of into a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of Eastern philosophy, a little bit of angel studies, a little bit of astrology, a little, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily full blown witchcraft, but, you know, she was kind of in that if it's good, it's good. And if it's good, it's God kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with that. Okay. So the environment wasn't Christian by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah.
1: So when you when Krista, because you said that God got a hold of Krista first,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was that also motivation where you started seeing her change? Or like yeah. what what was that process like for you?
2: Um, it was intimidating, honestly. Yeah. Um, because I, I saw this woman who I had known up to this point as this certain person becoming someone totally different. Wow you know, becoming someone who would enforce their boundaries and who would like not do things that we had done together or would stand up to me or would Mm -hmm. not treat me badly. You know what I mean? Just like the behaviors I watched her, like this grace come on her and like she just became a different person. Amazing. And it was, it was intimidating. I mean, it affected me in a good way eventually. But in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. It was like infuriating in the very beginning.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Like your flesh is like screaming. (laughs) Yeah. I
2: was like, no. Yeah. There was a point in time. Like I will not be married to a pastor. Like I'm not doing this. Like I don't, like I told something about like your goody two shoes, like Mary Jane, religious Mm -hmm. nonsense. I don't want anything to do with it. Wow. Like, I mean, we can't be married. I mean, I was like totally on that, like not doing it. Man. Um, In the beginning, in the beginning. But yeah. then time, you know, the Lord was moving on me, and I knew He was pursuing me. Yeah, um, He was breaking me down pretty well yeah. at that time. Yeah, so,
0: as
1: He yeah. does. <laughs>
2: what He does, right? It's, it's the Holy
1: Spirit, that. man. Yeah. So, okay, well, you know, and will well, there'll be other times, people, where we can really like, you know, delve yeah. into more of, of of Dave's testimony. You know, and it's I'm sure some of it might come up through the rest, but I really wanted to hit on something that Krista had talked about on Thursday on Elijah's dreams. And yeah. it's something that has officially gone live as of mm-hmm. today, which is Sunday. Yep. Um, and that is the speak life initiative. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So the speak life initiative, I don't know if anybody, if you haven't watched the video, go watch the video. There's a link Thursday. in the description. Check it out. Yeah. Description. Right. That. Yeah. Go check us out. So this was birth for, for a few years, this has kind of been, um, it started off i think as a little different idea in her head but the lord has been challenging her and us to give a voice to a whole generation this to the to the victims of abortion mm-hmm. and she had this crazy encounter with the call of witnesses yeah where she experienced meeting her children and that they were so proud of her you given us a voice you know um, now can you go and be a voice for them mm-hmm. so that started off as as something that we I think last year really started talking seriously about. Um, But as time has gone on, you know, the Lord has kind of like convicted us of like to do the things that we need to do, you know, to do the things he's told us to do as far as like, you know, getting involved in ministry activities and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So this is birthed out of that. So what that's going to look like is there's an application that you wouldn't, you know, we bring these women in, they fill out the application, they're accepted into the speak life initiative. We give them the four-star treatment, you know what I mean? The hair, the makeup, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a video testimony specifically associated with it where they get to talk about their story and the effects that abortion has had on them. Because I think our society specifically, we tend to just gloss over that whole part. Oh, yeah. You know, And maybe not for everybody do they have this experience, but there's a lot of women who were not saved when they were younger who get saved later in life. And they really, really struggle with guilt and shame and regret because Mm -hmm. the church is so radically pro-life and it's as it should be, but they don't feel like it's a safe place to express like, well, I'm post-abortive. Yeah. You know, I've got children and my child would be this. So this initiative is to, to bring that to, to light that, so there's healing and so that there's a voice for a generation and that we want to destroy Roe v Wade. Like we want to see that there are consequences for these actions. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, and as of yesterday, so that would have been Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, the 22nd is the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. So, right. dude, like, you know, Sometimes. things are going down. This year is going to be – this year leading up to the 50th year is going to yeah. be nuts in a good way. Like, yes. and the Amen. fact that you guys are launching – you guys launched this when you did. Mm-hmm. um, You know, there's so many people um, that are uh, – that are uh doing you know that are going to want to get involved that are going to want to yeah. contribute to this so everybody i asked krista on the episode go to dot uh, uh, com and send them on the, for the newsletter right is that Correct. the best way
2: yeah for the newsletter the best way yeah um, and, and i the- think there's right. a link on krista elisha for i think there's a speak life at dot if i'm not mistaken yeah um i think because we were talking about doing a email that has the form, whereas the form can be sent. Let me double check yep. on that. Before I go any further with that, there's a part of the video, the introduction video on Speak Life that's directly geared towards men. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go on here because I do it on there and I'm going to do it on here right now. Mm-hmm. Women are not the only one that suffer from the effects of abortion. Mm-hmm. There are men out there in this world who by who have either been a party to or the direct cause of an abortion. The, the, God, the Lord told me that we had to include men in this because it takes two to tango yes, yes, it, it takes two yes. to make a baby and it takes two to raise a baby right mm-hmm. there are men out there that have either by force coercion or by manipulation been the reason why the abortion even was was performed mm-hmm. um and my even myself you know i've i've pressured women multiple women into the you know using post-abortive country you know contraceptives wow. but also yeah. you know things like that And I I don't want this to be just like, oh, it's all about women. Because I think another thing is that women get the, they take the brunt of it. Totally. And in the church, women take the brunt of it. It's Mm -hmm. always the girl's fart. Every every, every time you see a video or some like thing, it's always a little girl walking into an abortion clinic. Oh, cue the sad music, cue the guilty music. Yeah. You know, she, let's stop her. Yeah. No, there's a whole group of people behind this little girl that mm. are encouraging this decision, this not mm. little girl, woman that's encouraging mm. this decision. And I'd be wager to say nine times out of 10, there's a man standing right behind her. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, and that's the thing that I love about you and Krista specifically is that you guys speak with such authority. Like you can speak into this stuff mm. from a place of authority and, right. and, and coming from a place of redemption. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's dude. I mean, like, and that's not to discourage anybody. You never had an abortion, but you want to do no. something like this at all. But like specifically when you guys say, "Hey, these are the effects," and we lived them, you know, yeah. um, I just think that that's powerful. And even even the other day when I did that interview with Krista, I'm 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 really happy you're bringing up the the men's side of this and their yeah. responsibility because when during the interview I was thinking, I'm like, there are men. I had this word of knowledge. There are men that were watching that who had encouraged, you know, before they were Christians had encouraged same situation as you had encouraged their, you know, romantic partner to get an abortion or whatever.
2: Yeah. So this is a big deal. One of the things the Lord also told me when we were praying about it, when I felt about the male specifically was that I know there are Christian couples who are post-abortive together Mm -hmm. that maybe before they got saved, they were young and in college or young and in high school or whatever and now they're they're married and they're saved and they may even have children but there's that's a chapter of their past their shared history and we don't want to just gloss over the the role of a male in all of this so we actually are encouraging men to apply as well you know if like i said in the video if you if you feel the tug of the lord okay apply amazing
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner. Visit Elijah fire.com slash donate.
1: This is so unique though. Like I'm like so stoked about this. Like it's like, I, I have never, never seen this type of a setup. What you guys are doing, what the Lord put on your guys heart to do. I have never seen, especially the whole bringing in the men as well, like to this, because you're absolutely right. I think that there is this, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like we get very, we get very focused on, you know, abortion is wrong. Yes, Yes. it is. Absolutely. And then you go, all abortion, then anybody that gets an abortion, how dare you? And then, uh, you know, and, um, a lot of times it's like, like Krista talked about, it can be fear motivated. I they can. could have been pressured into doing it. Yep. You know, uh, there's so many different variables that come into it. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: it's, it's not, it's, we can't just, it can't just be this like, you know, this is what it is. Abortion is bad. And this is that there's, there's a whole spectrum of, to this story. You mm-hmm. know, there's a whole spectrum to the narrative. It's not just bad woman kills child. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's unfortunately how I see it's been painted. Right. Yeah. Um, up till now anyway. And I think what we seek to change is to to really show people like, these are the effects of the choices that we're, we're making as a society. Like these are real people in real situations and those children. And one of the things I said in the video was we are fathers and mothers, regardless of whether or not we want to admit it. Mm. I mean, if if you are involved in an abortion, you are a parent, whether you choose to accept that responsibility or not. Yeah. You know, if life begins at conception, like we believe it begins at conception, and that God knits us in the womb, and that every mm-hmm. life is precious and individual in the sight of the Lord, then the moment that that baby was conceived, you are held to account. Come on. For the fatherhood or the motherhood of that child. Yeah. And it's 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 heartbreaking. Dude. you know, and it's it's just in our society, it's become so flippant. Yeah. Oh, it's a fetus. Right. You know, it's a clump of cells.
1: Yeah. Any way to detach? ourselves from right. you know the responsibility of becoming a parent or even the reality of what you're really doing right which it's murder like plain and simple it's you murder. know right and and i often have said you know it's like it's it's sad that we we live in in an age where if If people went and said, oh, well, dogs are getting aborted, baby puppies are getting aborted, people would lose their minds. Oh my God.
2: Lose their minds. (laughs) It's crazy to me, like a dog. And I'm not against dogs. I love my dogs. My dogs are awesome. I think everybody's seen my dogs. Yeah. But, but the point of the fact is, is that that is a human child. Right. And you're, you would rather save a puppy than a human being child. Yeah. With, with. Individuality and and creativity and the expression Mm -hmm. of the personality and the Mm -hmm. whole human experience. Let's take the whole God part of it out of it. Just if 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 the the human experience is placed up here, in in our current society, so you want to rob an individual of the ability to have the human experience? Yeah. Like because of your of of a self centered decision that's motivated mm -hmm. by any plethora of reasons. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's I'm just really excited about this. I'm really excited that we have the opportunity. To platform this and to Absolutely. just like shed light on this on the reality of the, the repercussions of the of abortion in the United States.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and it it'll be really cool to see how this you know develops over the year, the years, um, you know, and we'll definitely Elijah Fire will definitely be chronicling. Yeah. These Amen. Because uh, it's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, dude, let's get into it because there's like, this is. We're going to be talking about everybody. We're going to be talking about the millennial generation and it's uh, its kind of its pull towards things that are spiritual, but not necessarily the gospel. We're going to be talking yeah. about de- deconstruction of faith movement, which is rampant. We're also going to explain what that is for people who don't know. Uh, and it's gonna just gonna be great. So the first point you had was about millennials and faith, and you were saying, let's talk about, I'll kind of just give you the floor about this. You were seeing. People who are into spiritual things, but not the gospel. So just go for it.
2: Yeah. So um, really what I've I've noticed specifically um, pretty recently has been, well, the past few years recently, there's been a rise in in the public acceptance of like witchcraft, specifically of like what is called like light witchcraft, Wiccan, white magic, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that the millennial, I'm a millennial, so I'm not bashing millennials. I'm just as much part of it as everybody else Mm -hmm. is show my age on millennial. Yeah. same. So, here. <laughs> same right. Yeah. So I see my peers and I see that there is a, we're a very spiritual group of people. Mm-hmm. We, we, we seem to believe in a lot of spiritual things. We're easy. It's easy to, for us to swallow spirituality. Right. But what I've noticed is that it's where we, we don't have any discernment when it comes to the things that we're ingesting. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm not just saying, you know, in in the secular world, even in the church, um, there are some movements and things like that that are very well blended with like the new age movement. Within the church, there are parts of the church where it becomes crazy, hyper charismatic, and border basically borders on Christian witchcraft. Um, and then there are Christians that still they still look at their zodiac sign. Yep, you know what I mean. And I've noticed I mean, with right? specifically with the millennials, we. We don't seem to have a lot of discernment when it comes to the things of God, un- unless mm-hmm. we're really rooted in Scripture. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like unless we're really strong in our in our faith, I see that it's it seems to be there's a lot of sway now. Even in the in the worldly side of things, someone who's not in the church, it's just an open acceptance. It seems to me it it seems to me that like millennials, they they tend to favor things that are like that don't cost them anything. Do you know what I mean? Like spirituality right. that doesn't have a cost. Yeah. Spirituality that doesn't require anything of them yeah. to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like a universalist theology. Yeah. Um, and I see it prevalent, you know, among millennials specifically. And I think, you know, some of it is how we were raised, you know, raised by the Gen Xers where most of our parents, either Gen X or baby boomers, if we're yep. a little bit older millennials. Mm-hmm. Um and the Gen Xers had that whole like crisis of faith, you know, after the the baby boomers, and mm-hmm. they were raised in these '80s conglomerate mega churches, yeah. so they had this reaction to that, you know what I mean? The Gen Xers had the reaction of I got to get away from my parents' religion mm-hmm. because it's all big white teeth and give give <laughs> give and Jim yep. Jim Baker Praise the Lord TV show and amusement yep. parks and da 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 da. Yep. And the Gen X reaction to that was. Ooh, no yeah and we are the we're the byproduct of that which is a generation that has we crave authenticity in spirituality and we're open to spiritual things as seems to be as long as it doesn't cost us very much
1: yeah absolutely um, man and then yeah you see like this kind of it's sort of this like this soup of different you know like i've seen a lot of people talk about like oh well i'm you know i do reiki and then i do this thing and then oh i hold these crystals and then yep. i you know yeah i like some I, i'm a buddhist as well right. you know
2: um jesus was cool man he was a good flaw he was a great philosopher yeah right but, that's but the what vibe.
1: I, yeah what i've often i've often thought about this a lot lately about mm-hmm. that whole notion of jesus and how the world talks about jesus and i'm mm-hmm. like dude if you read cuz i was just reading through mark and john um mm-hmm. and and I was just like, dude, if people actually read what Jesus said, like, right, oh my goodness, right. dude, you would,
2: if you really right. like. It's like hippie Jesus is out the no, window when you man. actually read scripture. When you yeah. read scripture, there's no hippie Jesus. No. There's no, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no account for it. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I, what, just in a nutshell, I just see that in our generation, we we tend to like spiritual things and favor spiritual things. But when it comes mm-hmm. to spiritual things, we don't have much discernment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. When I think that that's, as a result, it makes it really hard to, makes it really hard to take a stand without getting some blowback from society. Uh, yeah. But we're also not called to, we were talking about this before the show. And I, and, yeah. and I said, That I think where a lot of this comes from, too, we'll we'll speak specifically within the church, you know, um, is this desire to be liked. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to. Yeah, but I like I don't want to sacrifice my reputation with these people because I because that'll give me a witness. Right. It's like that was the excuse I used. Absolutely. Of
2: course. course. So I don't want to offend. I don't want I don't want to be ostracized. Mm -hmm. I will go with this thing because I don't want to be ostracized from my group. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about before the show, what are you worshiping? Right. Like, what is your function? Because an right. idol is a functional savior. What are you worshiping? What What is saving you, right? Like, is it your peer group at the church? Or is it Jesus Christ who died, raised from the dead, mm-hmm. went up to heaven, ascended, and now sits at the right hand of the Father and inter- interceding for you? Yep. You know, and it's yeah. it's, I think that a lot of us, you know, we were kind of like, Social capital is huge for our generation. Mm. You know, your social capital score, like the idea of social capital, like, am I accepted in the in my group? Mm. Am I, you yeah. know, on the same standing with um. my friends? Do I have the same type of career? Do I? We, if no. you notice, we tend to gravitate ourselves around people with similar careers, mm-hmm. similar backgrounds, you know, similar financial situations things of that nature our generation i know a lot of generations have done that but we are big about it and it's all like oh you know gotta keep hustling gotta be around the hustlers gotta be around mm-hmm. people that are trying to get you where you want to be you yeah. know what i mean yeah and in the church specifically it's really hard to open up and say like this is something that i object to and this is wrong and here's why it is in scripture or here's what my convictions are because there's this fear of i'm gonna get ostracized from my group. I'm going to right. be pushed out of the church. I'm going to be, you know, so-and-so is going to ignore me at the coffee bar next week. I'm going to have to have an honor, awkward interaction with, you know, so-and-so and his wife, whatever. Yeah. As I've been there. I've been yeah. there. I mean, I remember there was a point in time that I was on a worship team at a church and there was a worship leader, a lover, praise God. And she's such a good woman of God, but she was so unsure of herself mm. that we had a, a track, like a worship track, and she would not come off the track like we could not like as instruments we're playing, you know, drums, we playing all this music. And it was like basically playing a CD over our worship music. OK, And I remember I came to her and I was like, I feel like the Lord is challenging you specifically to come off the track and that he's going to meet us there. Right. Mm. From that interaction on, it was weird. Mm. It was weird because I think that I had I had offended her. Yeah, but really. I was hearing something from the Lord because I right. knew that there was some freedom on the other side of letting go.
1: Yeah, oh, it so became a security that, blanket clearly for her. Right, right,
2: yeah. and and I knew that if we had just if we could just let let go of the track that we were going to come to a whole new level as a team. Like yep. she was going to do good as an individual, and we were going to like hit that next plateau together. Yep. and but from that moment forward in our relationship, unfortunately, it
1: uh, right, it awesome. yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into this deconstruction because we're kind of going there anyways. So explain for people who haven't ever heard of this before: what is the deconstruction of faith movement? What's going on?
2: So let's start with. So let's start with this. There's there's a part of the movement that I do believe is healthy and necessary. Mm-hmm. It is the um, I, I heard. Um, oh, what is his name? Uh, Paul David Tripp said oh, that yeah. we we should be deconstructing our faith but it should always be to get deeper in our faith Mm -hmm. right so there's a whole section of people that i think started with this idea of we're going to challenge our preconceived notions of what the gospel are we're going to challenge our preconceived notions of what church is of how we do things our theology you know whether our traditions within our denominations whatever that's kind of how it started Mm -hmm. um but Recently, it's kind of gotten mixed in more. So now it's more identified as this. In the beginning, it seemed to be like kind of a pure thing. But as time has gone on, the deconstructionist movement has become, I'm going to tear down my my theology, whatever. And it seems to be that the, the, the overarching theme of this is I'm stepping further and further and further away from God. I'm getting more and more woke, so yeah. to speak. In, mm-hmm. And I'm deconstructing the faith of my forefathers yeah, and I'm for sure. finding out that it's racist, that it's misogynistic, that it's this, that, whatever, and right. I'm going to outright reject my the faith. So it's this idea of, you know, taking what I think I know and what I think I believe, examining it through a microscope and trying to find out what's bad about it and change it. It kind of goes along with the same things we're seeing with like um, critical race theory yeah being taught and that some of those things ideas some of those ideas you know kind of like the uh the challenging of the patriarchy kind of these big progressive ideas Mm -hmm. it's a it's it's an outcrop of those kind of like lines of thought that have crept into the the younger especially the millennial set of the church Mm
1: -hmm. Um, well and it's hard too with with these types of movements because there's no there's really no boundaries and so as a result it's like there's, it is never, it's, it's, uh, you can't satisfy that beast when yeah, exactly. you allow yourself to be motivated by that. Amen. Like it, it, you can't satisfy it. That's why yep. you see, even in culture. And it, I think what's happening in culture, a lot of people can see that even if they're not fully aware of what's happening in the church with this right. deconstruction movement, right. but it's, it's what's happening in culture is happening in the church as well, where it's like, you start to challenge everything Mm-hmm. And then everything, suddenly everything is not as it seems. Right. Suddenly, you know, like, oh, we need to get rid of this. Okay. Well, if we get rid of that, we need to get rid of this. And it's this domino effect. Right. Um, effects, I mean, there's nothing that's, that's safe. from Nothing it. is sacred. Nothing yeah. is sacred.
2: And it it's it shipwreck. It's literally something. Like, Paul says it shipwrecks your faith. Yeah. It's one of these things that sh- is, I see shipwrecking the faith of people. Now, yeah. some people would argue that if, if you're so easily shaken, you probably didn't have rooted faith to begin with. Yeah. I could you could argue that all day long. Sure. But the point of all of this and why it's so like, you know, it's so vicious and, and poisonous to the church is that if it continues unchecked and just runs rampant in the body, we're we're we're, we're attacking God's bride. You know, this can destroy the, the church as we know it. I'm not saying God won't protect his bride and his church. But what I am saying is that we we, we keep pulling away and pulling away and taking apart and re-examining and this, that, and the other. And it can go one of two ways. It can go to outright rejection of the faith, or it can lead you deeper into repentance. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the beginning of the movement, it was meant to lead you deeper into repentance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Deeper into a repentant heart posture. That's like what Paul David Tripp was saying. Like, if you're deconstructing your faith, it should be to move you closer to that repentant heart in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, for the things that I've I've mistakenly made in my faith or ways I've, I've acted in the world standard, things like that. But I think what's happening now, what's more and more detrimental is that it's throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yep. You know, um. so no longer. So I've deconstructed so far that I can't even identify as a Christian anymore. Right. You know I mean? Well, even if that's... you
1: do, your the fruits not there. And right. as a result, right. like. Okay, so there was I was uh, on my phone. I was trying to find there was this this uh, post by Sean Foyt, and this isn't a blast on Sean Foyt. Anybody who's like, oh, don't um it's not on him. He was pointing something out that I thought was really good. Um, it was from a a famous worship leader. I won't name their name, um, because I don't want to start anything. Um, but it basically they went through a massive deconstruction movement where they eventually, this is the place where they found themselves. Muhammad is Jesus, um, Buddha is Jesus. Um, uh, you know, like they named a bunch of other people. They're like, they're Jesus. Jesus is 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 within us. Like we are the. G-. It, it becomes very yeah. New age almost. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Because you 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 take foundational truths, right? And and don't get me wrong. Like, if there is systemic racism in the church, my Lord, forgive us and let's get it out. Mm-hmm. If there is misogyny in the church, my lord forgive us and let's get it out yeah but you can't just deconstruct everything about the body of christ and and then expect to be left with a true gospel Mm -hmm. instead it's and i think what's happened is it's we've taken the the deconstruction has taken its cue from that external source so you start to get that like commingling, that little leaven that leavens the whole lump you know Mm. what i mean And Mm -hmm. something that could be very good for the church has turned into something very destructive for the church. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, in a testament to what you were saying with Paul David Tripp and what he was saying um, about the deconstruction movement is is I'm actually, as you were talking, I was realizing that, I don't know, It's probably six years ago now, I went through a similar thing where Mm -hmm. I actually deconstructed, where I realized there were all these man-made structures within my life, proverbial man-made structures within Mm -hmm. my life. and, And realizing like, I'd become too philosophical. I'd become too progressive in my, you know, just in my laziness to be completely honest and my desire to be liked and whatever. And, and for me, it was this point of the Holy spirit really, really cleaned me out. It was this massive, just cleaning where it was just like, all of it needs to go. Like, look how simple and how beautiful the gospel is. I designed it that way for a reason, Yeah, you know? And, And I think that, that's a beautiful thing like if it you're is. in that place right now where you're stripping down those man-made structures that you're allowing the lord to take control and clean yeah. you out in that way yeah. that's amazing that's an praise amazing god, right. thing right praise
2: god you know? so right that's um, a great that's the great thing about it is it can yeah. be that it can yeah. be pure right mm-hmm. and it's yeah. not a bad thing you know challenging our ideas is not a bad thing i mean the lord tells all the time examine yourself mm-hmm. you know test your faith what Paul said, test your faith in and out of season like what
0: you're hearing Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show.
2: Right. There's, there's there's all through the New Testament, Paul specifically is talking about the idea of, see that you're, you know, he's talking to Timothy, make sure see that you're in the faith, see that you're holding faith true to the faith that was given to you first by your mother and then your grandmother Lois. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a theme running through scripture of constant examination of oneself. To make sure that you're in the gospel, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're in the kingdom, that you're operating in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that at all. The issue is when you start to look at the world in this and the other and you deconstruct to the point that you no longer qualify yourself in the kingdom of God. Right. That's that's the the scary part. And I think like what I, I had a quote where, you know, the idea of a lot of these people, what I've noticed specifically is that it's not necessarily that they're deconstructing their faith they're deconstructing the relationship to a charismatic leader. Mm. That's how I see it. You know, they put their faith in a charismatic leader or a really popular church and they've gotten wounded. That's a really important point. Yeah. Right. Right. They've gotten wounded and then rather than running to the savior to get healing and to get, you know, forgiveness and all those other things, they've went into a deep construction phase. Mm -hmm. They've platformed their deconstruction process and they're being praised by all these other people. For being so like brave, and yeah. oh, it's so brave of you to share your story. No, what's brave is to humble yourself and go to the cross.
1: Amen, man, and like, allow yourself to be hated by the world as right. a result of it. Yeah,
2: right. You know what? What does David say? What does David say when he says about Bathsheba? He says, "Against you, God, I have sinned only." Mm. Even though he was facing all this other stuff, he said, "I've only sinned against God." Right. So it's like that heart posture mm. of when you start to feel the feelings. I need to deconstruct this or that or whatever it should drive you to that. Oh my God, I've, I've sinned against the Lord. Right. You know, I have, I have to, I have to go before the Lord and say, forgive me, forgive me for putting my faith in men. Forgive me for putting my faith mm-hmm. in institutions. R- realign me with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that's brave.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and we had talked about this um, before, you know, like, and I was, before the show and I was saying that, that quote, you said that the 90%, 90% of the stories you listen to, it's wounds and it's man centric worship. Yes, um, and, and I was saying how, like back when I was in missions, I would lead, you know, young people around, you know, all over the place. And mm-hmm. I just, I can't tell you how many one-on-one conversations I had late at night where God had really just blasted them with, with some kind of a revelation of his love right. or whatever. They saw a miracle happen. And, yeah. um, and they were just like, Jeff, like, I'm never going to leave God. I'm never going to leave God. am like th- this is a stick in the ground moment for me. And then a lot of them did walk away from the Lord. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, we. I mean, there's, we could do a whole episode on unpacking as to the why, but one of the big ones that right. I noticed was like, for one example, somebody was like, Oh, my, uh, my pastor cheated on his wife. So I'm not a Christian anymore. Right. You know, screw those guys. You know, And I'm like, "Right. you clearly weren't serving Jesus. Like right. he's the goal. Like, Amen." Man Amen. is gonna fail you. If you're looking for man, hey, any of any of you, if you are idolizing somebody right now, if you're you're holding somebody yeah. up as they can do no wrong, they're my guide, they're my they are going to fail you. Yes, they're they going to because they're man, they're not God. Like, look to Jesus, serve him, eat the word, study the word, focus on that, stand on the word. I'm very passionate about this, people, like because I've yes. lived it. Davis yeah. lived it like we've lived Same. it like yeah yeah
2: I, I I've done it I've done it yeah um I was we were sharing a little bit before the thing I, I was a part of that you know young restless reform movement of the early the, you know the t- t- two tens late mm-hmm. two tens early twenties, the teens um and I was a wounded little boy who had father wounds who looked to dead men to teach me because I was afraid to be you know fathered by real men in the faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can say that now with confidence, but then it was, I was rooted in pride. It was arrogance. And I was all, you know, the old theology matters. I have to have theology. Theology is here. Theology is good. I'm not against it now. I still believe these things. But I had put my faith in theology. Mm -hmm. I had put my faith in a movement. I had put my faith in a group of guys who had challenged me and discipled me when I was coming out of rehab. And really, my faith wasn't rooted in Christ. My faith was rooted in them and the books they were giving me. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just, it's plain and simple, you know, and it took a lot of humbling for me to be where I am today. Mm -hmm. It took experience. Yes, experiences, signs, wonders, miracles, all those things brought me to it. But what really brought me to it was humility, the humility to admit that I didn't know everything, the Mm -hmm. humility to admit that maybe my experiences weren't to be trusted. Mm -hmm. that maybe I was seeing things through a skewed lens. Maybe I, you know, that idea of, of I challenged myself to think differently about what I believed. Mm. And I did deconstruct in a way. Yeah. But that deconstruction led me deeper into relationship with the Lord instead of looking for the door of the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so good. I love this man. And you know, like, here's the thing, people like, Like when we're talking about like putting your faith in man, like being like, Oh, this person is, you know, this, this pastor or whatever is, is he's my, you know, it's okay to admire somebody's walk. Paul even says like, Hey guys, imitate me. Like as I imitate Jesus, like, like, so it's, it's okay to see someone else's walk and be like, wow, I really admire their walk. But here's the thing it all stems from the same person. And that's Jesus. Like the only reason why they are where they are is because they got to know Jesus and they allowed yeah. him to change yeah. who they yeah. were. So it's like, Absolutely. for me, when I see somebody, I'm like, man, I really admire their walk. I want to know Jesus. Like they know Jesus. Like, right. That's that's really what it's right. about. You know? Right. Like, it's
2: so, not about, I want to be more like Todd White. It's I want to know Jesus like Todd White knows come Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Like, I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have. Yeah. I don't want to be him. You know, he's not my savior. He's not my idol. Yeah. But I want. I want to have the level of faith. You know, exactly. I want to have the level of faith that I have that kind of walk.
1: Yeah, because it's it not. Be oh, the world needs more Todd Whites. It's no. The the world needs more Todd White, Dave Shram, Jeff Tharp, who's he, what's he? so right. and so, Sally so and so. You know, <laughs> needs
2: more everybody. He needs more Jesus's in us. Yeah. Right. He yes. Needs more yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. In yes. us yeah. to make more of Jesus in them. Yeah, that's, that's a
1: better think. way of saying it. See, yeah. there we go. Amen. Amen. Yeah so um oh man we we got like we're almost out of time what in the world okay so let's let's go to this last point yeah and if we have time we'll kind of circle back to some of this other stuff but no more
2: lukewarm okay light it up so no more lukewarm well so i had recently had an experience where the lord told me that i was we were in north carolina and It's kind of some conflict about some schedule, whatever. But the Lord basically said to me that if you're gonna go home and everything is gonna be business as usual, then you need to tell her to go to this conference and you can go home and do your thing, whatever. But if you're gonna go home and you're gonna intentionally seek after me, then I will meet you there. What I say by no more lukewarm is I really do believe that the in this season, in the season that's coming up, the Lord is demanding of us a greater level of purity and holiness. Mm -hmm. And authenticity in our faith. No more lukewarm. Jesus doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He says, if you're, you can be hot or you can be cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you from my mouth. Right. Right. He doesn't say, I'll spew you if you're cold. He doesn't say, I'll spew you if you're hot, but if you're lukewarm, he says, he will spew you. I don't want to be lukewarm anymore. I want to be a sold out, crazy kingdom warrior for the gospel. Yeah, dude. Because this time, this season demands that of us. We are facing warfare. As a church, like we have never seen before, and if we think we've been persecuted, we have never been persecuted. Come on, we don't yeah. know persecution in America. Yeah, like we have the Lord is demanding us to come up, come up, come mm-hmm. up to Him, come up that level, be pure, be holy, be true. You know, it's 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 so man. I just feel I feel the Lord so heavy on that. Yeah, you know, no more double mindedness, no more compromise, no more. One hand here, one hand there, one foot here, one foot there, one foot in the faith, one foot in the world. We've got to stop. Yeah. We have yeah. got to give it all for something or give it up. Like mm-hmm. It's it's at that point. I yeah. don't think yeah. God is happy with where we're at right now. And I'm not saying that to be judgmental. I'm not, I mm-hmm. love everyone that's listening to this. I love every one of my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ. But the Lord is, man, the things that we are facing the battles that are coming up on the horizon for us then our generation, you know, we're the next leaders of the church. Yeah. We are the millennials. We are either stepping into those roles or we're coming up on stepping into Dude, those the roles.
1: fear of the Lord should hit every single millennial who's hearing that right now. Like,
2: yes, yeah, we are. It's, we, there's no, there's no option. Yeah. So it's either going to be our grandfathers and our fathers are going to retire from pastorships or whatever they're in. And we're going to step up in that role and, or we're, we're going to run from it. Yeah. And I don't want us to run from it. The Lord doesn't want us to run from it this season that we're heading into this these next few years man i just deeply deeply feel like there's a new level of purity that's coming to the body there's a new level of holiness that's coming to the body there's a new level of the the demand on us as believers is going to get greater the demand Hmm. the demand of the lord on us is going to be greater yeah and we have man we have got to Purify. We have got to get that stuff out of our lives. We've got mm-hmm. to come into agreement with the things that the Lord is saying to us and about us, so we can so he so we can do the work of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't we we can't do the work of the kingdom if we're if we're living in in, in two different places if we're lukewarm right. if we're double minded any of those things mm-hmm. if we're not focused on the business of the kingdom we will miss opportunities that the Lord is putting in front of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, like the souls, the harvest that's coming needs us demands of us Mm. to be a pure and spotless bride
1: amen dude dude you know it's interesting i was um i was talking to the lord the other day and it's really i mean it it goes along with exactly what you're talking about i was thinking about the whole notion of um you know progressive christianity and people like oh i'm a christian yeah i'm a christian and, right. and scripture says you will know you know people will know you by your fruit and right. i think that it's really important to like you know i think one of the biggest snares is okay well yeah i'm loving i'm like yeah but do they know that you come in jesus's name like right. are you actually stepping out or are you just being nice to people because right. that's a lot of kids a lot of the times that's what it is like being nice you know right. and yeah i'm nice oh you know and um and uh, I was thinking about the whole idea of like, okay, well, I'm the host of Elijah fire. And if mm-hmm. I go to people and I say, Hey guys, come watch our show. I'm the host of Elijah fire. You guys should check it out. And then yeah. you watch Elijah fire and you never see me there. You know, like, and right. like, Hey, I don't know, Jeff, I don't know if you are the host. Right. Oh no, but like, wait, no, but like I am by name. Like, like I'm on oh, like, the, name, right. on the right. business cards. And you know, it's like, and I just think it's like, what are you standing for? Like, Anybody who's watching this, like if you're really like feeling convicted right now and you're looking at your life and you're going like, whoa, like, dude, I'm totally not. These guys are right on like and and the Holy Spirit's convicting you like like you're not standing for anything like we need the fruit needs to be there. We need to abandon, you know, all of the other stuff like, oh, yeah, I like this. But like our my my producer was just talking about like it's uh," she said, God plus Mm, You know, it's like, Oh, like I I love God. You know, I'm I'm totally into Jesus and I go to go to church plus I do this other stuff or plus I sleep around. Plus I do all these things like God, like, like you were saying, like, like the demand on us is higher and it's going to continue to raise. And and it's that process of sanctification, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've shared this scripture before, but it's one of my favorite scriptures. And it's a prayer I pray every single day. And it's, it's straight from Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. It says, search me, God, and Mm. know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And you might not like what you see Mm. when, when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and he goes, yeah, I want you to stop watching that show, that your favorite show. I want you to stop watching that. I want you to, I want you to actually get rid of these movies. Yeah. I want you to stop hanging out with that group of people, and I want you to actually start focusing on this or this yeah. group of people. You know, you might not like it, Um, but the process is becoming more like him. It's not in right. oh, I like Jesus, but I also get to do all my other stuff.
2: Right, right.
1: but it's, it's so my old worth life.
2: it. It's so worth it.
1: Yeah, like it's it tough, is so, but it's worth it. <laughs> it is so
2: worth it. Like that's the thing is like we don't lose something; we gain everything. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've had to view it. You know, I yeah i lost a movie i lost some cultural thing i lost some friends whatever but not only did i gain eternal life but i gained a relationship with a loving father and i gained an entire kingdom army of other believers to labor, labor with like nothing is a loss in the kingdom like we we give it up yeah we give up earthly things but we gain so much more
1: yeah i i've never once never once regretted letting go of something and having Amen. more of jesus
2: like Amen. there's Amen.
1: never been a time where i'm like oh man yeah but it would be really great to have that thing right you know?
2: <laughs> right like i mean i really would like to have that thing back it's yeah. what you were talking about earlier the the idea of the the god plus i call yeah. that group of people this the suffer me this people mm. because when jesus calls everybody to disciples there's those three people there's three parts of the story which to suffer me to go and bury my father oh suffer yeah me to say goodbye to my family yeah. suffer yeah, me good. to go you know what i mean yeah. And when he, they say suffer me this and that I have to go bury my father, Jesus yeah. says, leave the dead to bury their dead. Come and follow me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's this whole idea yeah. that we tend to yeah. fall into, which is Lord, I want to follow you, but suffer me, my sexual relationships, uh-huh. suffer me, my girlfriend, yeah. you know, suffer me, my, my friend group suffer me, mm-hmm. me, my softball league where I drink too uh-huh. much on Saturday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we always have something that we say to the Lord where we say, please suffer me this. Let, let me uh-huh. have this thing. Like, I'm really? more than willing to follow you, but let me have this thing. Yeah. And God wants everything.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just for the record, everybody, like I'm like this is a continual process so even now i'm like going like dude is there other stuff like let's just. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Always be doing that. none of us have arrived right none of us will arrive until we hit the kingdom right yeah. until we're, we're, we're our earthly body we shake our more mortal coil and we head up to heaven yeah then we don't have to worry about it anymore yeah there's always things in my life yeah i mean i, I struggle mm. with nicotine addiction mm. All, i mean i fight it i battle it but it's yeah. there yeah. you know what i mean i'm not I, i'm not like so proud that I won't be transparent. Right. Like, and it's something that I give to the Lord, but then I take it back. Yeah. I give it to the <laughs> Lord and then I take it back. Right. Like, yeah. it, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, And I, and I, I don't want to say this to discourage anyone. There's no, there's no perfect people on this, on this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Neither, never <laughs> I are perfect. And we, you know, we, we love you. And I think the crux of what we're saying is like, don't be deceived. Mm-hmm. Don't be deceived. And if you feel like you're deceived, that's okay. We've all been deceived, but okay. seek the Lord on it. Don't run away from the Lord because of it. Yep. If you've been wounded by the church, don't walk away because you've been wounded by the church. Yeah, you know, run, run to Jesus,
1: dude. Dude, I was just thinking that I was, I was gonna say. I often say to people, like when, when, when I I'm talking to people who are really having maybe a crisis of faith, or mm-hmm. you know, like. There, you have questions about scripture or they sinned or whatever and i'm like the tendency what 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 satan wants us to do is to then take that stuff away and go well, i need to figure this out and then i'll come yeah. back to jesus and sometimes you don't always come back those people don't always right. come back as a yeah. result and i'm like w- with everything run to jesus the answer is found in him as like Amen. It, it so is so Amen. um Really quick. The thing that I wanted to point out clearly, I never hit this point and then we got to close out. I'm gonna have you pray for the people. All right. The thing that I'm really stoked about with, with you and I, is the fact that you are, you do, you, you know, you help, you, you work alongside your wife doing everything you do, but you're also a tradesman. Right. Right. And and I was saying that, you know, you guys are going to start seeing more and more people like this on the show because platform uh, I'll have people that have big platforms on the show but that's not a criteria to be on the show. And and I really want to, to showcase people who are doing the work, but they're also maybe a tradesman, for example, you know, I love that. Like, I absolutely love that, you know, and it's, it, because it's easy. I basically just want to tear down the walls because Jesus is so done with this is like celebrity Christian,
2: Uh, you know, putting
1: somebody like figurehead of like, Oh, I'll never be able to attain that. And so then frustration comes and Satan comes right. in and he pulls people down. He's like, so you'll never amount to, you know, this person yeah. or that person, you know, because right. you're working at Trader Joe's or you're, you know, right. you're uh, a dog sitter or you're whatever. Like, like, right. so I, I mean, just,
2: yeah. yeah, that's a part of, that's my life. You know, look, I, I am a thermostat. I am not a thermometer. Mm. I set the atmosphere everywhere I go. I mm. don't react to it. Come on. And a part of being a Christian, there is such a thing as like marketplace ministry. Yeah. You know, ministry is not meant to be for this like elite group of super Christians. Mm-hmm. Ministry is literally your life, your everyday life. If, you're, if your whole life is meant to be like a, a, a sacrifice, of praise to the Lord, like our spiritual act of worship, mm-hmm. then that means in the workplace, everywhere else, all the time, the Lord is is there and is ministering. Like, you know, when I go into places, I, when I go into people's houses to do work, I am bringing the Holy Spirit, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit may never visit that house again. Mm-hmm. Like I have a rare opportunity to be in the most intimate place of people's lives, and even if they don't want to accept the gospel, even if they don't want to talk about faith, at least I know that I have si- I've thrown seed in the atmosphere. That's so good, dude. I prayed over the place. I've, I'm I listening to worship music. You know what I mean? And then at Come least on. I know that I'm sowing into that atmosphere, into the spiritual heritage of their mm-hmm. home. Yeah. You know, uh, my hands, my hands are blessed by the Lord and they've touched your toilet and <laughs> your sink and your vanity and your kitchen cabinets and everything else. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. You know, and I agree. I agree. You know, ministry isn't for the, the, you know, yeah, my wife, Krista, you all know Krista Oisha. Before she did this, she cut hair. Yep, She was a hairstylist. Yeah. She was a hairstylist for the vast majority of her life. And then suddenly this thing blew up and now she is a full time minister. Mm-hmm. But she. She never had vocational training. She never did anything like that. She was a hairstylist for 12, 13 years. It's
1: amazing. Yeah. So, all right, man, this has been amazing. I know people are so blessed by this. I've just been like buzzing in the spirit. I just totally feel it. it. So, dude, go ahead and just pray for the people as you feel led.
2: Yeah. So, Holy Spirit, Lord, thank you. Holy Spirit, come right now over everyone that's watching this, Lord. I pray for a new baptism of fire to fall on them right now, wherever they are, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would go and meet every single one of them exactly where they are. Mm, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. We pray against any um, any shame, any mm-hmm. spirits of condemnation or guilt. that would be trying to torment them right now for being where they're at. And we mm-hmm. say that Jesus, Jesus is coming for you. Jesus is at the door. He knocks. He knocks on the door of your heart to heal those places of woundedness, to heal those places where you feel like you've fallen or where you haven't given up or you put your faith in man. None of that matters. He is knocking on the door of your heart right now. And Lord, I pray for each individual that's listening to this, that they would be open to respond to your call, that they would feel that tug, that love pouring and flowing over them right now, Jesus. That Father, you are there and Jesus, you are there. And Holy Spirit, you are there to welcome them, to love them, to heal them, to bind up their wounds. Yes, Lord, I I come against anything right now that would try to stop them from seeking you. I come against the spirit of fear that would cause these people to not seek your face. Yes, Lord, we were not made with a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And that we should fear the Lord but we should not be afraid to come to him. Yes, Lord, we thank you for every good thing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for trials and tribulations because we know that through the trials, you develop character and perseverance in us, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I pray that we would all have that same mentality, that we would have that mentality of that the trial produces fruit in me. Lord, may we all bear fruit in this season, out of this season and in every season. In Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. amen.
1: Yeah, man, dude, this is, this was rock solid,
2: dude. <laughs> i love to do it again.
1: Uh, yeah, oh, We'll be other times. Don't you worry. Um, okay. So, uh, how do, uh, how can people follow you? Uh, you know, I'll just let you share whatever you want
2: um, share. I don't really have a public figures page or anything. No. I mean, if you want to search for my name on Facebook, I'll take as many friends as I can, you know, with my little, <laughs> my little cat. Yeah. Um you'll see more of me through the Speak Life Initiative stuff. Um mm-hmm. if you follow, you know, Krista Alicia, um, if you follow the revival rooms page or the Arise Kingdom Ministries page, um, I pop up in and out of there from time okay. to time. And I'm sure you'll see more of me in this next season that I'm coming into. There's mm-hmm. some big things on the horizon with me. Mm-hmm. Um, some big some major changes are happening in life, and i I think I'm gonna start doing more um more stuff like more digital stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, as time goes on more will be revealed with that you know i I don't i don't have full clarity on that yet but um yeah definitely doing the speak life initiative you'll see me there um obviously follow my beautiful wife Krista Alicia. she's she's an amazing woman of god yeah um and i'm i pop in and off of there well yeah if you just want to find me on facebook my david shram and if uh if i do anything else like if i start a public page or a figures page or anything like that i'll be sure to uh Link that into my regular Facebook, and I'm sure Crystal okay. will share it
1: as well. Yeah, and he'll probably share it on here too in the future. Right. Yeah, you'll well. so, share. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll also put a links to all of those pages so you guys can just click them and and go like those pages to make it easy for you guys to go do that. Go show Dave some love, you know, and especially the Speak Life Initiative, guys. It's yes. huge. Like, go subscribe to their YouTube. Links yeah. are in the description. You know, all that good stuff, you guys. And then go subscribe to their newsletter at uh, chriselisha.com. Yes. Because, you know, we got to get the word out. So We do.
2: Let's make uh, it happen. Yeah.
1: All right, everybody. That is our show. It was a good one. I know you guys were blessed. Go share this with people. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Bless you guys.
0: This has been Elijah Fire.